Hello, my lovely friends, and welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a PYP Teacher. I'm Lou Gerlach with Think Chat, and welcome to Confession 121, where we're going to answer the question, how do we guide learning through differentiation? I know it's been a long time, friends. I'm glad to be back to record the last three episodes of our series of a PYP Classroom Success Criteria. I know it's been quite some time since I've recorded an episode, which to be honest, reflects the imbalance in my schedule. And I'm sorry for being so absent, but many wonderful things are happening and coming, um, which makes me very excited. And this past couple weeks, I've had some glorious experiences, um, such as I recently went to Luanda, Angola to lead a workshop with an amazing group of educators um, at the Luanda International School. It's where I picked up my little allergies. And then prior to that, I was fortunate to attend the Ivy Global Conference in Dublin, Ireland. And there were so many examples of education for an inclusive future, which was the theme of this year's conference. And when you step back and think about inclusivity, what does it mean to you? Well, to myself, when I think of inclusion, the picture that comes to my mind is a dandelion. You're going to say, Lou, a dandelion? Isn't that just a fuzzy flower or a weed? But when you blow that fuzzy little flower, all of a sudden there's seedlings that are spreading out into the world. And I liken inclusion to a dandelion. Because I wonder what's going to flower by my acts of inclusivity. My hope, like so many others, is that it's going to create a world where everyone is celebrated for being their unique selves based on their culture, their ethnicity, their beliefs and values, identity, and ability. And as part of the global conference, I led a leadership session that explored what it means to create inclusive professional development. And over the past two years, I've met with over a thousand educators in public or state schools, private and international schools through IB workshops and my work as an independent consultant. And a common message from these interactions is that many teachers feel disconnected from the top-down professional development they receive And there's oftentimes decisions that are made by governing bodies that directly impact their teaching and the learning by their students. So I decided to take a risk. And I met with school leaders, middle leaders, and teachers to openly discuss the need for inclusive professional development. I won't lie, but I was quite nervous. And I felt full of imposter syndrome, uh, even though I've been in school leadership myself, you know, because I was going into a realm of discomfort. And in our session together, we explored the need for more democratic schools where everyone in the school has a say in how it is operated. We particularly focused on discussing uncomfortable issues within our schools um, that are slowly um, dragging down our progress and looking at progressive and proactive steps to unpack these causes and create an action plan. 
because we're not here to win, we're here to solve problems. And just about now you're asking yourself, Lou, how's this connected to differentiation? If teachers have little decision-making opportunities in their school community, then it's highly likely that the same experience will transfer into their classrooms. Learners will have less chance to make decisions in their learning due to external mandates. Thus, there will be very little authentic differentiation. Ding! And there's the connection. And Donna Matthew, who's a fellow PYP educator and sketchnote queen, asked, to what extent can we differentiate an inquiry classroom? What are the ways or different ways of doing it? And I'd like to focus on answering these questions in this session, if you don't mind. So the first question that Donna posed is, to what extent can we differentiate an inquiry classroom? So let's take a moment to define what differentiation looks and feels like in our practice. First, we must know our learners, right? <clears throat> this is a given. We need to know their unique background, personal experiences, how they feel about various subjects and tasks, and how they learn best. Lynn Erickson and Lois Lanning, in their book, Transitioning um, to Concept-Based Curriculum and Instruction, How to Bring Content and Process Together, state, in order to provide appropriate differentiation, teachers must first know their students well from a variety of perspectives. So what does this mean for our practice? We need to first take the time to learn our learners before shaping the learning. Then we're able to move forward with differentiating the learning. So let's take a moment to identify what's our role in this process. For this, I defer to the great and powerful Carol Ann Tomlinson. In her book, The Differentiated Classroom, the second edition, Tomlinson purports, during planning, a teacher should generate a specific list of what students should know, which are the facts. Understand concepts and principles and be able to do skills by the time the unit ends. Activities should lead a student to understand or make sense of key concepts and principles by using key skills. I don't know about you, but every time I hear something new, I have a fresh takeaway. Um, and as I unpack this quote um, by Tomlinson, I can't help to think about the purpose of agentic and authentic units of inquiry. It leads learners to develop and determine their understanding and connections between various parts of a unit. Differentiation is how learners make those connections through unique processes and products. And so if our job as teachers is to plan units with certain facts, certain concepts and principles that they must understand and skills and utilizing those ideas in harmony, that if we practice those things, that's going to naturally lead to differentiation because we're going to be looking at each individual and saying, hmm, what are the unique things that you need to know? by the time this unit is over. What are the skills you're gonna need to develop? And what are the bigger concepts and generalizations I want you to know? And because no two students think and act and do alike, 
we're going to have to augment those processes or better yet, let our students augment them so that they can show what they know, but according to their neurodivergent way. So how do we begin? We might begin by asking different questions during our unit planner, such as, what do I want my learners to understand by the end of the unit of inquiry? This sounds very simple, but in order for this to happen, we need to have a big picture of what's our content, what's our possibly scope and sequence documents asking, what's our learning target, and then looking at our target of our um, transdisciplinary theme descriptor, our central idea, all of that combined. What learning engagements, assessments, and skills will be required to reach learner independence? Because the whole purpose of differentiation is independence. And every child is not going to be able to demonstrate that independence in the same way. And so what are the multiple entry points and outcomes that we're looking for? What is my role in the process of to model and guide the learning. So I'm in the process of trying to help my learners be independent. But during that process, we have to model what's expected and then give some flexibility and freedom to allow themselves to guide what they want to learn, right? So what, but that just doesn't naturally happen that's got to be scaffolded. That's got to be planned for. And how will I give up my need to control the learning? I'll be honest, when I first began my PYP journey, this was the number one area that I struggled with is to give up the control. What are you going to do? What systems are you going to put in place to ease away from owning the control? These questions are deep and set the stage for authentic decision-making on the part of our learners. And there is direct teaching, modeling, and guiding on the part of the teacher. The main difference is that learners help to decide what ideas, tools, and processes will be used while they're teaching. Oh, I'm sorry. No, while they're learning. And it becomes a true partnership. So now let's move on to Donna's second question. What are different ways of doing it? It's nice to have the pedagogy, but what are we going to put into practice? And at this point, I think we recognize that differentiation is more than creating a choice board or various tasks in a small group station work. That is going to be a great scaffold for those that don't know how to self-manage. They definitely have their place in supporting learners, but differentiation is not a passive act. It's allowing learners to make decisions about their learning based on where they are on their learning journey. And it's also creating young people who know themselves and are able to reflect. Tomlinson reminds us that in healthy classrooms, the teacher helps students dream big. Not all of the dreams will be alike, but each student needs to have big dreams and concrete ways to climb them. Thus, the teacher teaches up. Isn't that beautiful? Having big dreams. And so if children have these big dreams, what does that mean? To me, what it means is we don't dilute the curriculum to make it more accessible. It's quite the opposite. 
We give more opportunities for our learners to make choices and mistakes in their learning. We begin this pro process by co-answering some questions with our learners. If the unit planning remains a one-sided conversation on the part of the teachers, it's difficult to truly differentiate learning. We need the unique perspectives and ideas of all our learners since they know how they learn best. So these might be some questions that teachers ask their learners when they're trying to plan. What do I wanna learn in this unit of inquiry? Oftentimes students, when we finally give them the opportunity to do a personal inquiry, they don't know because they don't go through this process of asking themselves, what is it I wanna learn? And why do I wanna learn it? What are my strengths and opportunities for development? So I'm learning this unit, what are my strengths and opportunities for development? This right here is such an important question to ask because now students are put into self-assessing mode and we can't differentiate curriculum if they truly haven't done that or they've asked themselves authentically, what am I great at? What am I instructionally close to being independent? But I need some extra help in order to cross over that line. And what are things that are still frustrational, right? We need to know that so that we authentic to differentiate, not based on factors of what we think we need to differentiate. So here's the next question. What processes and products will I use to show my thinking? Children struggle when you tell them, hey, make your own product. They need a bank. Do you have a bank provided for them so that they're able to look and pick and choose based off of um, particular assignments? based off particular context, what's gonna work best? That includes, obviously, visible thinking routines. So here's the next question. How can we deepen our thinking while learning new ideas? Oh, I spoke too quickly. Like you know, I use visible thinking routines to analyze learning. So that would be really great on how to deepen and learning new ideas. So think about that. How will I take risks in this unit? How is it connected to my goal? So taking risks, when we're differentiating a learning, we're trying to move children up to the next level, right? And so, but not too up where it's beyond reach. And so how are we getting our students to stretch themselves, but also recognize what things they need in order to be able to be stretched? Also. Um, how is this connected to their goal setting? Because a big part of it is we make personal goals and then we have a unit goal, which is our central idea. And so how are we being quite active in bringing those goals to the front and center and having our students regularly reflect on them and look at their progress? Where do I see my learning journey in the classroom? So if we're making the learning journey visible, where do we have different representation of what that might look and feel like? And that there's not perfect products up, but that it's a process of learning. Yes, there might be some completed projects up, but students can speak to their individual learning journey and it's okay 
if their journey looks differently than everybody else, right? Because we're not here to put everyone in a box. And last question is how will I give and receive feedback and feed forward? So what are the different assessment tools we're using to get children to self, peer, um, reflect, as well as us providing feedback that's um, providing feed forward, which is next steps. These uh, questions transition from being the teacher driving all of the thinking in the learning to learners making choices based on their curiosities, their abilities, and goal development. Be prepared for different outcomes because no two children will think the same way. Along with these processes, we're providing tools that promote independence and inquiry, such as graphic organizers, visible thinking routines, word banks, co-created anchor charts, and a variety of teaching materials. The ultimate goal for me in differentiation is how are we allowing students to drive their own thinking and doing? And what are the tools that we're allowing them to use that are varied so that they show their authentic progress and learning in their own unique way. And sometimes what we expect from one learner, it's not gonna be achieved by another learner due to possibly language acquisition, due to um, learning in because they're narrow divergent learners. There's so many possibilities, right? And so our goal is to be able to provide the structure so that that can happen where they're feeling like they are in control of their learning pathway. And there's a natural relationship between agency and differentiation. It's about relinquishing our control of the planning and teaching process so learners can make mistakes and discover their unique learner profile. So are you willing to put on the brakes on some of that control. And just like well-intentioned, you know, teachers, are we going to ignore the needs of our learners while moving for forward with our initiatives? Because differentiation, it, that's why it's part of our process of approaches to teaching is that it affords that all children control their own unique pathway. So thank you so much for joining this episode. I've really enjoyed being back and talking with you. And hopefully next time I have a clearer voice. Um, and I hope that my inability to speak clearly um, has not stopped the message. I'm so glad to chat with you. And I look forward to doing it again soon.